Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, I'd like to welcome everyone here today. I'm so glad you guys are here, have joined us. Um, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to be wrapping up Hebrews today. Hebrews chapter 13, I always also like to welcome the people who are watching from home. Thank you so much for joining us at home. I'd love for you to come and hang out with us sometime. Uh, if you don't have, a, if don't have a home church, we'd love to have you here. We really would. But Hebrews chapter 13 is where we're going to start at today. We're going to be there. We're going to bounce around a little bit around the text. But Hebrews chapter 13 is where we're going to be at. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to remind you why we're here. I want to remind you why uh, this church particularly exists. You know, different churches exist for different reasons, but the reason that we exist is this. We want to help others experience God in real life. That's what we want to do. And so we want to take some, maybe some concepts, maybe some, some scriptures that maybe you don't understand, and we want to help you experience God in real life. That means that not only do you come to church on Sunday, but you also try to live the same thing on Monday, and you see God working on Tuesday, and maybe on Wednesday you help a co-worker or pray for someone, and then Thursday um, uh, you have a conversation with someone at a grocery store, and then Friday and Saturday and on and on and on, and we want to help you experience God in real life. Now today we're going to be wrapping up Hebrews. We are going to be wrapping up Hebrews just in time for us to go right into Palm Sunday, next Sunday, and then go right into uh, the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. And so if you have friends uh, that you know of, as a matter of fact, I know most people here have friends that they know of that probably need to be here. They probably need to hear the message. They need to experience God in real life. And if you have those friends, I want to encourage you. Invite them to come. As a matter of fact, we're giving you a great opportunity. A lot of people come for Easter uh, because it's the right thing to do, right? You always come to church on Easter. But the next week after that, what we're going to do is is we're going to start a new series on the family. Uh, It's called Family Life, and we're going to talk about different aspects of the family. And I'm going to be starting that new series. It's called Family Life. But in addition to that, we're going to be celebrating five years of ministry here. All right, five years of ministry here. And so we're going to, we're actually going to have a food truck. Uh, that's going to be parked. Uh, I don't know if I understand either, Siri, but we're going to have a food truck that's going to be that's going to be parked um, outside. Uh, and and listen, here's what we're going to do: we're going to provide all y'all's lunch for free. And so come and invite friends. If we have 200 people, that's great. Whatever we have is totally great. Just have them come, and we would love for them to be here. So yeah, we are having the Snowy Pizza Company, which is fantastic. If you've never had the Snowy Pizza Company, it's really good. Uh, and so you guys can, uh, can come and hang out with us. So we're excited about that. So anyway, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. I want to dig right in. I don't want to miss that. Hebrews chapter 13. And we're going to start in verse 4. Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 4. If you have a pen and a notebook, I'd encourage you to get it out. You can take some notes. Don't ever forget that you forget 93% of the things that you do not write down. You forget it by Tuesday, actually, by Tuesday. So if you don't write any of this down... Tuesday, you will forget what I even spoke about. For instance, most of you probably don't know what I spoke about last week if you did not write it down. If you, Hebrews, yes, thank you. Thank you. That's my wife. She's always got good jokes. Said nobody ever. All right? So anyway, so, um, but yes, seriously, you can, you can write those things down. So Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 4, it says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to the one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Do not love money. Be satisfied with what you have. 
For God has said, I will never fail you, I never abandon you. Now let me say something to you. Uh, the writer of Hebrews didn't play around, did he? He just jumped right in to give honor to marriage. Oh, and while we're talking about it, don't be immoral. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about it, since we're on the, that third rail that we're not supposed to talk about, let's talk about your money too. He just kind of dove right into it. And then he says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Now, he says don't love money. And the truth of the matter is, is that when we love money, what we do is we begin to rely on money. We begin to rely on what money can bring us. And we, were, we actually can become obsessed with the actually money aspect of life. And God says, don't do that. Don't fall in love with money. And here's why. Because I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. And he goes on and says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And it says, remember your leaders. This is very important, by the way. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example in their faith. And then it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, a few weeks ago, I told you this. I said, listen, Jesus had you then, he has you now, and he'll have you forever. That's what I said. He had you then, he has you now, and he will have you forever. So you don't have to live a life of fear. You don't have to live a life of doubt. He has you. It says, your strength comes from God's grace, not from the rules about food, which did, don't help those who follow them. We have an altar from which the priest and the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside of the camp. And so what they would do is they would bring these animals in for sacrifice. And after they would do the sacrifice, they would take the bodies of the animals and they would take them outside of the camp. And they would burn up those, those, those bodies of the animals. But here's the interesting point. He says this. He says, he says, so, starting in verse 12, so also Jesus suffered and died. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates. Jesus didn't suffer and die in Jerusalem. He was outside the city gates. He was outside. And so the author says, he did this to make his people holy by means of whose blood? Not an animal blood on a sacrifice on an altar in Jerusalem, but his very own blood, which is what we're going to talk about next week and the week after, his very own blood is what did it. And he didn't do it at the middle of, of the temple. He did it outside. He did it outside. And the author says this. He says, I want you to do this. So let us go where? Out to him. Let us go out to him. And it's almost like a symbolism thing because these people had this temple and these people had this had this high thought of these beautiful buildings in this major temple. And what the author is saying is this. He says, I want you to know something. Jesus is outside. The te that temple represented religion. And Jesus is outside in relationship. In salvation is where it is. And so he says, I want you to go outside. He says, so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. He's getting it all in. Remember, he is, he's getting everything in here. Therefore, because of that, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable 
to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. And finally, he says, pray for us, for our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything we do. Especially pray that I will be able to come back to you soon. And then he gives a closing benediction and he closes out the book of Hebrews. And I want you to know something here. The book, the book of Hebrews can be wrapped up, I think, by these verses. And he, he, remember, he's telling him his final thoughts here. He's telling him, hey, let me wrap it all up here. Let me wrap it all up with this bow here. Here's what I think he's saying to us today. I think he's saying, fully live your life for God. I think that's what he's saying today. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Fully living your life for God. And we're going to go through some of these verses and we're going to see exactly what he was speaking of when he said that. We've already said that Jesus is greater than. And in the very first part of the book of Hebrews, he starts talking about how Jesus is greater than the angels. And he's convincing them that he's greater, he's greater, he's greater. And he goes all the way through chapter 9 doing that. And then 9 through 12, he goes into another area of more application. And in 13, he's saying this. What I'm really trying to say, everybody, is this. Live your life fully for Jesus Christ. Live your life fully for God. You don't have to run after this or that. And so today I want to talk about a few things that let you know and let me know that people are living their life fully for God. And the first one is this, is that people who live their life fully for God allow, allow God into every area of their life. That's what they do. They allow God into every area of their life, not just, not just their spiritual side on Sunday, not just that, but as the author put in 13, he says, hey, listen, let's talk about your marriage. Let me allow you, I want to be allowed into that. A lot of people want to just dwell on spiritual moments, on spiritual highs. And someone once said this to me, you know, they go from spiritual high to spiritual high to spiritual high. But I want you to know something here. Have you guys ever been to a top of a mountain? You guys ever seen pictures of a top of a mountain? Can I tell you something? Nothing ever grows at the top of a mountain. It doesn't. It's rocky. Nothing grows at the top of the mountain. Now listen, it's beautiful and it's a great experience when you go to the top of a mountain, but nothing ever grows at the top of a mountain. Do you know where things grow at? Further down in the valleys. And that's where you grow and that's where I grow, in those valleys. And so we don't just go from spiritual high to spiritual high. We don't just allow God into the Christian part of our lives. We allow him into every part of our lives lives. I really do think that's why he started out with two very sensitive subjects here in verse 13, I mean, chapter 13. He says this, he says, let's talk about your marriage. Who knows you better than anyone else on this earth, y'all? Who knows you? Well, let me tell you who knows you if you're married. Your spouse does. Your spouse knows you more than anyone else. More than anyone else your spouse does. What is something else that really gets to your pulse and can make us nervous? Is our money. It's the same, it's the same thing. But here's the cool part. In Hebrews chapter 4, if you turn back, and we went over this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, here's what it says. It says this. It says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing at all is hidden from God. We allow God into every aspect of our life. And let me do a little side note here. I'll get on a little soapbox here. Listen, he talks about our marriages. I want you to know something. There are people there to, that are out today that would want you, they would want you to believe that it's okay to live this certain lifestyle or that certain lifestyle 
and then you can also have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you this right now. It's impossible for you to choose your own flesh. It's impossible to, for you to choose your own, your own immorality. It's impossible for you to do that and stay connected to Jesus Christ. It is. And when we think we can do that, we are literally throwing mud on His holiness. That's what we're doing. We think we can approach Him in that way. You can approach Him with forgiveness, but not with arrogance. It's, it's one of these things where, you know, we, God created, we were created in God's own image and we've tried our whole life to try to make him like us. And that's not the fact. And that's not the case. I also want to tell you something else. I don't care what the United States says about marriage. I don't care who they say can marry or what they say can marry. In God's eyes, God is the one that, that sanctions marriage. God does. Not the United States, not some certain state, and not any other country in the world either, by the way. God does. And so we lay down our lives. That's why I said this this week on social media. I said, listen, I want you to know that, that your, walk with, your walk with Christ is not, following Jesus is not you know, some tagline on an Instagram post. It's not some tattoo you have on your arm. It's not some shirt you wear. It's not some necklace you wear. You know what it is? It's getting up every day and deciding you're going to deny yourself and follow Jesus Christ. In every, listen, in every area of your life. That's exactly what it is. Hebrew, uh, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12 says this, Psalm 129. It's, it's David, and David is saying this. He says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know everything about me. And then it says, you know when I sit down and when I stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. It also says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. And we'll stop there and you can look at it for yourself. But he continues to go on. He says, you know this and you know that. And then in the end, he says this, nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden from you. So here's my question to you. If nothing is hidden from him, then why don't you just surrender everything over to him and allow him to be God over every area of your life. That's what, that's what people who are following Jesus do. That's what people who are living their lives fully for God, that's what they do. They invite God and they invite Jesus Christ into their stuff. Into their stuff. Because why? One, he wants it. Two, he already knows about it. And three, only he has the answer. That's it. Only he has the answer. Those that live their lives for God also do this. And this is connected to number one is this. They move past their, their past. They move past their former life. They move past that former life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says this. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Okay, do that. Throw that off. Throw that off. And that's what people who are living their life for, for God do. I want to turn back just one chapter and read for you again. Chapter 12, verse 1 of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses, let us, let us strip every weight or throw off every weight that slows us down, especially so easily the sin that trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And here it is, the author and perfecter of the faith. It's what, what is it? The author and perfecter of our faith. Here's the truth of the matter. 
and I want you to hear this, and I want you to think about this, and I want you to, I want you to engage this, I want you to bring this in, okay? Some of you may be wondering, well, good Lord, man, I've been saved for 30 years, I've been saved for 20 years, but I've never lived a life like I read in the Bible. I never lived a life like I read in the Bible. I don't, I don't know why that is. Well, here's, this may be the case. I want you to know this. It's hard, for some, it's hard for God to do something new in your life if you're continually holding on to the old in your life. I want you to hear that. It's hard for God to do something new in your life if you're continually holding on to the old in your life. One of the biggest challenges I think followers of Jesus have, one of the biggest challenges is refusing to let go of their past and allowing their past to dictate their future. You know, I've heard people say it. Well, you know, grand, great granddaddy was a drunk and granddaddy was a drunk and, you know, you know, mama was crazy. And so I guess I'm going to be a drunk and be crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, well, I'm just like my dad. I got this or well, that's how I was raised or better yet. Well, that's just who I am. And I don't say, well, not really. It may be who you are in the flesh, but it's really not who you who you need to be. It's not who God wants you to be. And that's for that's for, for a fact. So we have to move past our former life. It's funny, there's a story in the scriptures, and we're not going to turn to it, but I can tell you the story in Genesis chapter 19. There's a story in the scriptures, and it was a, Sodom and Gomorrah was a horrible place. It was a horrible, horrible place. And so these, these, these messengers of God came in, and when they came in, you know, they too were, were attacked. And so God's like, forget this, I'm done with this. I'm going to destroy this city, these two cities. I'm going to destroy them. I'm just going to destroy them. And it was, full of, it was full of sexual sin and other type of sin. And God had had enough of it. <clears throat> and so finally, finally what we see is, is we see Lot and his family that are going to be spared from this despair. They're going to be spared and they're going to be moving out. And here's what ended up happening. God said this. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to walk out of that. I want you to walk out of that. And I don't want you to look back. I don't want you to look back. But oh, Lot's wife, man. Oh, Lot's wife. She just couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. They were walking out. She turned around. Boom. Taken away, just like that. The scripture describes it. She fell into like a pillar of salt. Turned into a pillar of salt. And we do the same thing a lot of times. Oftentimes in our spiritual walks, what we'll do is, is we'll start making some kind of progress. Maybe we go to counseling, and I encourage you to do that if you need to. Maybe when you go to counseling, maybe you have a, just have a real deep connection with God, and you're like, listen, I, I want to change. And so you start reading this book or that book, or you start, start following Jesus, and you start really digging into what the Scripture says. And then here's the crazy thing. You start believing what the Scriptures say, and you start lining up your life with what the Scriptures say. And so then you start walking away. But oftentimes, something will come into our, from our past, something will happen, and we'll want to look back. We want to look back. And we're constantly looking back instead of living a life that's fully devoted to God, instead of fully giving our life over to God. And my question is this, how much longer are you going to let what happened in your past dictate your future? How much longer are you going to let the person that hurt you control you how much longer are you going to let that situation with that particular person dictate whether or not you wake up with joy how much longer are you going to do that because I strongly feel that if you will turn your life over to God and give him those things 
even like I said on the first part, even the things in every area, even the dark things, if you'll turn those things over to him, I really believe that you will start seeing him work in and around that situation. And I think you'll be blown away. Why do I believe that? I'll tell you why I believe that. Because last night I had dinner with my daughter who got married a couple of weeks ago and we sat around like we used to. But for seven, eight years, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Alcohol had a grip on her and we didn't do that. God can do what he says he's going to do. Was it easy to trust him? No, it wasn't. Was it difficult at times? Was it confusing? Yes, it was. But one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and you look back, and suddenly God's done a work, and the truth of the matter is, is you didn't even realize he was doing it until you have the joy, until you have the joy that he brings. Those that live their life for God, they don't settle for religion. I want you to hear that. They don't settle for religion. Those people went in, they didn't go back to the tabernacle. The Hebrews writer is saying this, don't go back to the tabernacle. Don't settle for religion. Don't settle for something that you go to on Sundays and leave. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't settle for Religion, don't settle. Religion kills. Relationship gives life. Religion compares and tears down. Relationship celebrates and builds up. Religion asks this question, am I doing enough to please God? Relationship says, Jesus has done enough. And because of what he's done, because I accept him, I'm pleasing to God. Religion keeps God at a distance. Relationship says that Christ is in us and that the Holy Spirit is within us. And we no longer have to go to a tabernacle. We no longer have to go to a place because he's within us, because we've accepted him as Lord and Savior. Religion believes that sin separates us from God. Relationship says nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Those that live their life for God, they don't settle for religion. Those that live their life for God also use the Bible as a source of truth. They use the Bible as a source of truth. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't like Oprah Winfrey. She gets on my nerves. You know why she gets on my nerves? Because all she ever talks about it. And I, it is what it is. I'm sure she's done some good work here and there. God can use anybody. But, you know, she always talks about, well, what's your truth? What's your truth? I had to discover my truth. Can I tell you guys something? There is no your truth. And there is no my truth. There's only the truth. I want you to hear that. There's only the truth. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8 
and 9, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be distracted by, listen to this, strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from the rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Don't be distracted and don't be attracted by strange new ideas. You know what's interesting? This is so interesting, and I'll get off on a little bit of a tangent here. We're going to be talking about this more in the fall, but... But, you know, our society today has gotten off on some strange new ideas. They really have, haven't they? They have. They got along some strange new ideas. And they're teaching our young people some strange new ideas. It's amazing what I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, here's what us, we as a church, we're going to do this. We as a church are going to do this. We're going to literally pay someone to connect with and to teach your teenagers. We're going to do that. But sometimes we have trouble with the teenagers getting here. It's interesting, we have people that are, that, you know, we have teenagers that are 12, 13, 14 years old, and they're like, well, you know, I just, yeah, I, w- I want them to come. I, w- I really want them to come. And I don't know about you guys, but back in my day, if my mom and dad wanted me to come, guess where I was? Right there. <laughs> That's where I was. I was wherever my father thought I needed to be. <laughs> That's where I was. And so I say that to say this, I say that to say this, these kids are getting taught some strange new ideas. And suddenly, it's amazing, and I, told, I was talking to Wendy about this the other day when we were on a walk. I said, you know what's amazing to me is, is we've got thousands of years of liturgy. We've got thousands of years of theological thought. We've got thousands of years of all of this historical thought uh, about the scriptures. And people have won over, I mean, they've gone through, around, up and down, all over these scriptures. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, because we decide to become woke, because we decide to become, you know, because everybody's a victim all of a sudden, then now, all of a sudden, uh, the Bible really doesn't say what we all know the Bible says. Now the Bible says something different, right? Now it says something completely different. Well, you just don't have an understanding. I had a, a situation the other day with a, with, a, with a former student of mine, and I was like, listen, I said, you, I taught you better than that. You know what the Bible says about that. You know what it says. And she spewed, spewed out something, and I was like, you saw that on TikTok, and she looked at me like, how did you know that? Because <laughs> I saw it too, and I'm not even on TikTok. But you've got people that are trying to lie. They're trying to lie about the text of the scriptures. They're trying to tell you that it says something that it doesn't. Y'all listen. God doesn't change. Society changes. God doesn't change. He thought up all of this stuff. This is all his. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we've got people that honestly believe, and they're being lied to. They honestly believe that they can act any way they want to act, even though it's against what the Scripture says. They can act that way and still be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. And they can't. They can't. There's a difference between struggling with a sin and embracing a sin. There's a huge difference within struggling with a sin and embracing a sin. When I struggle with a sin, I pray about it. I feel feel a deep sense of conviction about it. But when I embrace it, I'm all in. I'm moving all full speed ahead when I embrace it. And the truth of the matter is, when you decide to do that, God does not want to go with you there. He doesn't. 
He doesn't. The prodigal son had to get up and come home. He had to get up and come home. So you have to decide. Is the Bible my source of truth? Is the Bible my source of truth? And if that's the case for you, and if that's the case for me, then we have to line our lives. We have to get in alignment. I had to have an alignment on my son's car. It was an expensive endeavor because there was a lot of other stuff wrong with my son's car. But I had to have an alignment on my son's car because it was eating up the tires, okay? And I didn't even realize that he was eating up the tires on the inside or the outside. It was on the inside. It was eating up these tires. And here's what it was making it do. I don't know if you guys noticed that. If you're not in alignment in a car, you know what the car will do? It'll start going off course. That's what it'll do. And when we're not in alignment with God, do you know what we do? We start going off course. It's exactly what we do. We start going off course. We have, to, we have to know that the scripture, the scriptures are the source of truth. There is no my truth. There is no your truth. There is the truth. And the truth was written by the author and perfecter of your faith. That's who did it. And no one else. Hebrews 13, 17 says this, it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them the reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. They are accountable to God. I want you to understand something. Everything I say up here, I want you to go home and check it and make sure it lines up with what the Bible says. I have no, I have no, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you have an opinion I'm glad you have an opinion on an issue. That's really great. And that can be your opinion, but your opinion is not God's opinion. God's opinion is God's opinion. And I choose, I choose to align my opinion with God's opinion. Why is that? Well, because I am dead to self. I am alive in Christ. You can't be dead to self and continue to have an opinion that's contrary to what the scripture says. Because what you've done is, is you've taken yourself off the altar and you've left. And you have to do that every morning. The final thing is this, those that live their lives for God max out their lives. They max out their lives. What in the heck do I mean by that? Well, let me tell you what I mean by that. I, I, I had a talk with our staff this week. I have a talk with our staff this week. And uh, just to be real transparent with you, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult. There is no real handbook on, on uh, how to do a ministry. There's no handbook on it. There really isn't. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can do, but there's no handbook on it. And I, I began to talk to them, and I said, listen, um, and let me just go over some of this stuff with you. Let me let you know what God's doing. For us at Real Church, you know, we'll be, we've been here five years now. And, and God's doing crazy things. I mean, he's doing crazy things financially with us. A lot of people may not have noticed this when you came up today, but we had the outside of the building painted uh, Friday and Saturday. The outside of the buildings here are painted, and that's just the first step in many, but the outside of the buildings were painted um, a different color. But, but we, you know, God's doing financial things here that are just incredibly crazy. That, that is just, it's, it's got to be God. He's also doing things just within our, our staff and our ministry 
And I could go, I literally could sit here for 30 minutes and just tell you all the things that God's doing here at the church. I could tell you all those things. And here's what I told our staff. I said, listen, God, God is maxing out here. He is. He's maxing out. God's maxing out. And I looked at him and I said, we need to be maxing out as well. We have all been given gifts and talents is what I told him. We've been given gifts and talents. We've, we are here for a purpose. We all are part of a team and we need to be maxing out as well. We need to max out that which God has given us, that talent that he's given us, that blessing that he's given us. We need to max out. A lot of us, a lot of us are wasting our lives and not maxing out for God. We're wasting our lives. I don't know about you, but I literally, I literally want to give everything I have, okay, everything I have, and then go home. And then go home and be with Jesus. I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't. I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want to, I, I don't want, I want to be used 1,000% you know, I got a, there's, I have a, um, uh, I like to wash my car by hand a lot, and, and, you know, I've got some of these sponges, and, and I will use a sponge until it's no longer useful. I'll just leave it at that, but, but I had a sponge one time that was just, you know, I would wash it, and, and it got to where it wouldn't hardly even hold water, because it was so, it was just so used, all right, and it was just so used up, it would no longer hold water, and, and, and I threw, I ended up throwing it away. That's how I want to be. I want to be so used up that I'm just worthless and I'm just going to go and go then. I don't want to leave anything on the table. Everyone that I come in contact with, I want to try to make their day better, but also I want to make their life better by telling them about Christ, by, in, by letting them see my life and letting them say, hey, man, help me out here. What's going on with your life? Tell me about your life. That's what I want to do. I want to max out. Do you know the majority of us, the majority of us never use all the gifts and talents that we've been given by God. We don't. We don't max out. But I want, to know, I want you to know something. Those that live for God, they max out. I don't know about you, but the last football game I played was against Collierville. It was in the Lions Sight Bowl is what it was. And it was in 1988. The Lions Sight Bowl in 1988. I played against Collierville. And Collierville was small, but they were fast. And they beat us like a rented mule because <laughs> they were so fast. They just couldn't block them. They just kept getting back in the back. But I tried with everything I had. And you know what I did? I left everything out on the field. I left it all out on the field so that when I walked away, when I, when I took my helmet off and my shoulder pads off and I started walking off the field, knowing that this would probably be my last game ever, I could say to myself, I left it all on the field. I gave my all. My prayer for you today is, is that you can do the same thing. Is that you can do the same thing whenever your time comes. I don't want to be laying in a hospital bed or in my home with regrets. I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I choose this? Why didn't I choose that? You know what I want to do? I want to max out for God. Why do I want to do it? 
because God is maxing out for me. And in two weeks, we're going to see how God maxed out for you and for me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for this book of Hebrews. Thank you so much that you have written this to us so that we can understand that we need to fully live our lives for you. We need to fully give things over to you. We need to fully align, come in alignment with you. We need to align our lives where we can, we can God, experience, experience you. Lord, I pray that you would allow us the grace and mercy to repent where need be and then to align our lives with you. God, we have so many things pulling at us today. There's so many things that that try to take our attention. There's so many things that try try to steal our joy. There's so many things. There's so many strange and new ideas that come down the pike, Lord. But your word says that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We trust that and we believe that. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song. If you've got something on your heart, you need prayer, come down front. I'd love to be here for you. I'd love to pray with you. Our altar is always open. I want to encourage you to come down. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.